Well, hello again, you're in fine voice tonight. I hope you've enjoyed uh, singing along with the carols. Uh, and I've enjoyed uh, the choir and the musicians. You seemed a little bit apprehensive with the clapping at the start. Shall we show our appreciation again? I'm someone who, who can't sing for toffee and can barely get a decent tune out of Spotify, so I'm, I'm always amazed uh, when I hear the sound that people can make with voice uh, and instrument. Uh, friends, I, I think Christmas is one of those times when just about everyone can find something to enjoy in it, uh, as long as you don't take it too seriously. So whether it's, it's maybe Christmas jumpers, uh, we can enjoy those, or Christmas food, of course. Uh, you can enjoy those things. Or, or maybe, uh, uh, maybe it's, it's Christmas games. Have you come across this one, Whamageddon? Uh, for those, uh, for those who, who play this game, the, the rules are very simple. If you know it, all you've got to do is avoid hearing uh, the Wham! Christmas classic last Christmas from the beginning of December, from the 1st of December uh, right through to the, uh, the end of the 24th of December. The minute you hear it, you're out of the game. Now, it occurs to me there might be some people in the room who are playing it e even just now, and you've made it all the way to the 17th. It would be really mean, wouldn't it, if I'd set it up <laughs> on the sound system to play right now, and you'd be out. I've not. That would be so mean, wouldn't it? But Whamageddon, if you've not come across that, maybe you can join in with it uh, next year. But Christmas is always something, something to enjoy about, as long as you don't take it too seriously. But... There are times when you feel that Christmas has maybe got ideas above its station. Almost as if it's acting, as if it's there to fix absolutely everything. So you'll know how it goes. Uh, work is stressful, but don't worry. Uh, because you'll be able to relax over Christmas. Or family relationships, they'll be rekindled at Christmas. Or a world harmony surely restored over a mince pie. Yeah, but not seriously. You don't want to take Christmas really seriously like that. In fact, it, taking Christmas that seriously, it'd be a bit like taking James Bond seriously, wouldn't it? it you don't want to do that. You, you can't take Christmas that seriously because, well, look, Christmas doesn't avoid your pain, does it? For some people, you'll know Christmas... It tends to make things feel worse. You don't want to take it too seriously. And let's be honest, at that point, the, the source documents for Christmas don't really help, do they? Because the Bible, it always seems to be bigging Christmas up in, in some way, whether it's, it's supernatural angels or miraculous births or even like some of the readings we've had tonight, one of the ones we've had earlier. It's actually on these cards, if you turn over onto the other side, you see how it ends with these words. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. I mean, that is Christmas being grand and global. It's a huge thing that it's saying. And in some ways, it's actually a really excellent summary of the whole Christmas message. And it sounds really good as poetry, but at times it feels a little bit far-fetched as reality, doesn't it? Because Christmas doesn't really avoid your pain. I mean, where's 
the peace that's meant to be uh, talked about with Christmas. And so if, you're, if we're really being pressed at times to take Christmas seriously, you can understand why serious people end up thinking or saying, well, Christmas doesn't really work, does it? Christmas is, is fine as a distraction, but it's pretty terrible as a solution for anything, especially in this world that is filled with, well, I guess if you've been watching the news at all over the past couple of months, into this world that is filled with hostility and division amongst nations, but it works its way all the way down to families as well. So when you think about it like that, when you look at the world and think, where's the peace? You end up feeling, well, we can't really take Christmas that seriously, can we? Look, if you've ever thought that, let me, let me try and just introduce another thought for a little bit tonight, just for a few minutes, because what if the problem is perhaps like this? What if the problem is the other way around? What if the problem is not so much that we're in danger of taking Christmas too seriously? What if it's actually the other way? What if the danger is we won't take Christmas seriously enough? Because believe it or not, the Bible would say Christmas, Christmas is deeply serious. And it's intentional that Christmas doesn't avoid your pain. In fact, in many ways, this, this idea of hostility and peace, uh, hostility and division, it is hardwired in to the message of Christmas. It's even there in those lines that we've just read and are up in the screen. At glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The Bible would say, if you're looking at the world, and you're wondering where is the peace, it would say that is, that is the right thing to be looking for. Peace is the right thing to be looking for, but the place where it's needed is not just among families or, or even among nations. It's much bigger than that. Where, where peace is needed, the Bible would say, is between heaven and earth. And the hostility, well, it says there really is hostility, but it's, it's more serious than you realize because it's actually between us and God. Uh, the Bible would say, if you, if you ever look at the world and you wonder, look, why the lack of peace? Uh, why does there always seem to be this sense of, of ongoing hostility? The Bible would say, that is a good question. That is exactly the question you want to be asking. And here at least is, is part of the answer. See, part of the answer is that you, you and I, we, we live in a world that we didn't make. None of us made the world we live in. And everything that we have, in a sense, it comes to us as a gift from the one who made it, from God himself. And yet, we live our lives tending to ignore him, acting as if we're in charge, as if we can decide what to do. The Bible would say we're, we're hostile towards God. And it calls that, it calls that selfishness sin. And it says, look, governments can act in that kind of way, but individuals can as well. And it would go on to say, look, you live long enough like that with God, 
And it won't be long before you start treating other people in the same way, with that kind of selfishness and sin. And we see the evidence of that all around us. Uh, we see the, uh, the evidence of that. The, the Bible would say that the reason that we can't fix the hostility in the world between us and other people is, is because none of us can fix the hostility that actually exists between us and God. That's a serious message. Uh, Christmas is deeply serious. Now, if you come here and you hear that, you might think, well, thanks very much, David. You're a little Christmas star, aren't you? Uh, thanks very much for that. You've really brought the joy of the season. We were very happy singing up until this point. You've kind of ruined it for us all. I thought Christmas was meant to be good news. And, and look, it is, but you, you know how it works as well. Sometimes, if you want to understand how good something is, you need to understand why it's serious. And look, while Christmas is deeply serious, it's also movingly personal. Uh, let me try and explain what I mean by that. Uh, by uh, telling you a story I came across in the news recently. I don't know if you've I've heard of the man Kevin Sinfield. He is a, a former rugby league uh, player. And he's been in the news recently. You might come a, a cro have come across this because he, he recently completed seven ultra marathons in seven days. Quite something. He was doing it uh, to raise money and awareness for, for people who struggle and suffer with motor neuron disease. The story is really quite incredible, all the more so when you, you understand that those seven marathons, well, those seven runs that he did, each comprised of, of a full marathon plus one extra mile after each of them. I don't know about you, but when I hear you've run a marathon and then you decide to do an extra mile on top of that, that just sounds like madness to me. Uh, but the reason, it seems, Kevin was doing it, it was his way of saying, it really is worthwhile at times to go an extra mile in order to help a friend who's going through tough times. And when I first heard that, I thought, that's a good line, isn't it? That's, that's a good marketing line. That is a good fundraising line, that extra mile thing. Uh, but the more I discovered about the stories I read it, I found out, and you can read up about it online as well, that is no line for Kevin. It's not just a marketing ploy. Because the reason, the reason he was kind of motivated to do these runs was because a friend of his, a friend called Rob, was diagnosed with motor neuron disease. And that's why he did it. He said after... After the last run that he did, his feet looked like they'd been under a lawnmower. You kind of wince at that. Absolutely shredded. And when you hear the story of those marathons, you realize that every single one of them was movingly personal. Deeply personal for Kevin. Deeply personal for his friend Rob. There's a kind of glory, isn't there, in being able to do an ultramarathon. I don't know if you've thought about that. I won't ask for a show of hands. 
uh, for anyone who's done uh, an ultramarathon. But there's a, a kind of glory I can imagine being able to do an ultramarathon in, in seven ultramarathons. I can't imagine being able to do that. Actually, I can imagine being able to do that. I could imagine sitting on my sofa, imagining being able to do that. I couldn't actually do anywhere near that. But there's a, a kind of glory you realize in being, being able to well, have the fitness level, the dedication, I guess the mental resilience to go through all of that. There is a kind of glory about it. But when you stop to think about this one, there is a, a different kind of glory that you see in someone like Kevin. Because it's not only what he did, but it's why he did it. There's a different kind of glory in that. Can you imagine having a friend like that? A friend who won't avoid your pain. And instead of which he would be willing to let his feet be absolutely shredded so that he could help you. A friend uh, that from this point on, uh, whatever else you know about them, whatever else they do, whatever else you've got to say about them, you will say this about them. This is my friend. And they gave themselves for me. I, I didn't ask for it. I wouldn't have known how to ask for it. I didn't deserve it. You can't deserve something like this. But they did it for me. And they are absolutely glorious. Now can I say, if you can, if you hear that story, and if you can get just a little bit of a feel for it, if you can get a feel for what that is like to have a friend like that, can I say, if you, if you have some sense of feeling that, you are right on the edge, I think, of getting a feel for what the Christmas message is really all about because Christmas says into this world that is filled with all sorts of problems with hostility and division a friend has come. Did you hear this other line from one of our readings earlier on? Today in the town of David a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That phrase at the end there, the Lord, is it's actually a title for God. Uh, Christmas is movingly personal. And it's movingly personal in the first place for God. At Christmas, God moved into the world. And part of the reason was because of all the hostility <coughs> And division, that's why he came. And he came to be your saviour. If you know anything else of the Christmas story, you'll know that this God who came that first Christmas in the person of Jesus, later on he would allow himself to be completely shredded, not just his feet, but completely shredded when he died on the cross. And the reason he said he was doing it was to to take the punishment, pay the price for everything that we do wrong, for all of our selfishness and our sin. And he did that in order to make peace between us and God. And I guess you might think, uh, what about 
peace for the rest of the world. And the Bible would say God is going to get to that. He, he will sort that out. But in some ways it intriguingly says before he sorts out that smaller problem, what he wants to do is sort out this much bigger division and problem between you and me and him. Uh, Christmas. Uh, look, Christmas doesn't avoid, it doesn't avoid your pain. You imagine having a friend like this? You imagine having a friend like this? A, a friend who is willing to let himself be shredded. A, a friend who whatever else you will discover about them or get to know about them, they always want, to, they always want you to know them in this way. This is my friend. They gave themselves for me. I didn't ask for it. I wouldn't have known how to ask for it. I certainly didn't deserve it. You can't deserve something like this. Uh, but they did it. And he is glorious. That is the friendship that is offered at Christmas by God in Jesus to you. Christmas, it is deeply serious. And it's also movingly personal. Personal for God and personal for you as well. Can I say, just as I finish, if that, if that intrigues you, even a little bit, if that is a new thing for you and it intrigues you, then, then why not find out a little bit more about this Jesus? Why, why not come back to church again, Christmas Day or, or even in the new year? Or, or why not pick up one of these little, uh, little leaflets that's been on your chair that says a little bit more about this Christmas message? It'll take you about 10 minutes to read. Uh, or pick up one of the other books you could get from me just on your way out. Now, Christmas is deeply serious and it is movingly personal. Thank you very much for listening. We're going to draw our time uh, to our close just now. We're going to sing our final carol, which is encourages us to listen to the message the angel spoke uh, about the Lord Jesus. Hark the herald angels sing as the music begins. We'll stand and join in.